more than that. Since no man ever can or could live by himself or for himself alone, the destinies of thousands of other people were bound to be affected, some remotely, but some very directly and near at hand, by my own choices and decisions and desires, as my own life would also be formed and modified according to theirs. I was entering into a moral universe in which I would be related to every other rational being, and in which whole masses of us, as thick as swarming bees, would drag one another along towards some common end of good or evil, peace or war. It was almost certainly in the last year or so of Mother's life, 1921, that Father got a job as organist at the Episcopalian Church in Douglaston. It was not a job that made him very happy or enthusiastic. He did not get along very well with the minister, but I began to go to the church on Sundays, which makes me think that Mother was in the hospital because I must have been living with Pop and Bone Mama in Douglaston. One came out of the church with a kind of comfortable and satisfied feeling that something had been done that needed to be done, and that was all I knew about it. And now, as I consider it after many years, I see that it was very good that I should have got at least that much religion in my childhood. It is a law of man's nature written into his very essence, and just as much a part of him as the desire to build houses and cultivate the land and marry and have children and read books and sing songs, that he should want to stand together with other men in order to acknowledge their common dependence on God, their Father and Creator. In fact, this desire is much more fundamental than any purely physical necessity. At this same time, my father played the piano every evening in a small movie theater, which had been opened in the next town, Bayside. We certainly needed money. And probably the chief reason why we needed money was that mother had cancer of the stomach. That was another thing that was never explained to me. Everything about sickness and death was more or less kept hidden from me because consideration of these things might make a child morbid. And since I was destined to grow up with a nice, clear, optimistic, and well-balanced outlook on life, I was never even taken to the hospital to see Mother after she went there. And this was entirely her own idea. How long she had been ill and suffering, still keeping house for us, not without poverty and hardship, without our knowing anything of what it was, I cannot say. But her sickness probably accounts for my memory of her as thin and pale and rather severe. With a selfishness unusual even in a child, I was glad to move from Flushing to my grandparents' house at Douglaston. There I was allowed to do more or less as I pleased. There was plenty of food, and we had two dogs and several cats to play with. Then one day, Father gave me a note to read. I was very surprised. It was for me personally, and it was in my mother's handwriting. I took the note out under the maple tree in the backyard and worked over it until I had made it all out and had gathered what it really meant. And a tremendous weight of sadness and depression settled on me. It was not the grief of a child with pangs of sorrow and many tears, it had something of the heavy perplexity and gloom of adult grief, and was therefore all the more of a burden because it was, to that extent, unnatural. I suppose one reason for this was that I had more or less had to arrive at the truth by induction. Prayer? No, 
prayer did not even occur to me. Mother's death had made one thing evident. Father now did not have to do anything but paint. He was not tied down to any one place. He could go wherever he needed to go to find subjects and get ideas, and I was old enough to go with him. And so, after I had been a few months in the local school at Douglaston, and had already been moved up to the second grade, in the evil-smelling gray annex on the top of the hill, Father came back to New York and announced that he and I were going somewhere new. It was with a kind of feeling of triumph that I watched the East River widen into Long Island Sound and waited for the moment when the Fall River boat, in all her pride, would go sweeping past the mouth of Bayside Bay, and I would view Douglaston, as I thought, from the superiority of the open water and pass it by.